You are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to this week's Theology Thursday podcast here on Westwood One. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well. We are powered each and every weekday by the kind folks at CRTV who underwrite the cost of this podcast to make it free for you, the people. This podcast is yours. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. Gentlemen, let's give the audience a preview of what is forthcoming today at CRTV.com. Aaron, I'll start with you. Yeah, fascinating conversation during Fake News or Not today. Kind of discussing the motivations for the Nike move to make Colin Kaepernick the face of their marketing campaign um, and face of really their entire marketing. And uh, an attempt to get outside the echo chamber that's constantly going on, especially a lot right of center in the United States. And we looked at a little bit more critically. And of course, nobody can, I don't think, I don't think nobody argued that um, Kaepernick and Nike, at least to some degree, they're, they're progressives. But it's not just, it, it is a troll job, but it's not just a troll for the sake of trolling. At least that's what I think. I know Todd Todd has, I, I had a different kind of take on, on what we discussed. Nike, their bottom line is, and I don't want to give away too much, the the bottom line is they're just trying to reach a a different customer base because if they don't start marketing themselves or if they fail to market themselves to the next generation, which happens to, like social justice warriors like Colin Kaepernick, guess what's going to happen to their their company? It's going to go away. Uh, Similarly, um, if, you know, uh, a show like ours, if we don't sell enough subscriptions, even for this podcast that's free, if we don't sell enough subscriptions to CR, uh, for CRTV, I mean, we're doing a Bible study today. We've had a ton of great reaction about the Bible study, Steve, that mm-hmm. series that we're doing. If you like content like this, similarly, you got you to gotta support it, um, even if that means buying a subscription, which is... I mean, Steve will get into the deets later, um, but it's not that it's not that uh, expensive at all, broken down. And uh, so if you like what we do here, please, CRTV.com slash Dace. You got to support it or else uh, it will go away eventually. Yeah. The only reason this is available to you and free is because enough of you are subscribing to CRTV that um, they're willing to offer extra uh, content for free while paying us to do extra content. I'm not, I'm not doing more work for the same amount of money. I mean, we're getting paid for this. But, um, you know, if it, it, the podcast, the, the CRTV show doesn't support the podcast. It's the other way around. Okay? I mean, um, or I'm sorry, the podcast doesn't support the CRTV show. It's the other way around. The CRTV show supports the podcast. So you got to support the CRTV show. Yeah. And you can get the audio of that as well. It's, it's fairly simple. Todd, what stood out to you? Well, we had some uh, good, healthy, rough-and-tumble worldview analysis concerning how does the real 
dumb and corrupt and feckless stuff that is happening and we know that to be legion how is that related to the fake dumb and corrupt <laughs> and feckless that we say is happening um but but oftentimes isn't how intimately related are those two things well, if you want to watch today's CRTV show, CRTV.com is where you can watch it. If you want to subscribe, if you're not yet a subscriber, use my name when you're there as a promo code when you sign up. Promo code DACE will get you a discounted subscription. And you could look at it this way. A quarter a day gets you this podcast and that show. I have to believe that if CRTV just cut us loose and we just did a 40-minute podcast on Patreon every day or GoFundMe, I got to believe people would think it's worth a quarter a day, at least a, a, some would, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Now we're offering you two shows for a quarter a day, and we throw in everything from Mark Levin and the entire team here at CRTV uh, as well. CRTV.com, promo code DACE is how you can subscribe to CRTV today. Before we begin today's Bible study, I want to um, clarify and apologize to our audience. Uh, and I need to make this point. I apologize in that I need, I think it's clearly implied, but based on some of the feedback I've been getting recently, I don't think I'm making it explicitly clear enough. And so I want to I wanna make sure everybody understands that there is hope. If what we are talking about when we when we talk about what's happening in the political arena seems hopeless, it's because the political arena is hopeless. Right now we are stuck as people that those of us that believe in the things that made America great and exceptional in the first place. We are in a no win scenario. The best we can say is we're getting we're getting better judicial appointments than we would have gotten under Hillary Clinton, but these are better judicial appointments are all from the same crap progressive law schools that Hillary's judicial appointments would have came from too. So they're better versions of the problem. Like Brett Kavanaugh telling you yesterday, Roe v. Wade is double secret ex uh, special precedent, for example. Will he be a better Supreme Court justice than Hillary would have nominated? Yes. I have I, I don't think he's a great nominee, but I'm pretty confident that's true. Just as I'm pretty confident, um, a root canal is better than an inoperable tumor. Would that be better? What would you what would be better than an operable tumor? Would a root canal be better? Yeah. Would anybody debate that? No. Would anybody debate would anybody on planet Earth debate a root canal is superior to an inoperable tumor? Would you? I don't think so. Okay. If anybody had a choice voluntarily to have a root canal as a standalone proposition, would they choose that, make that choice? And if, of sound mind and body, would they make that choice, Todd? As an alternative to, say, listening to Cory Booker, I might. But I as see a where standalone you're going. As proposition. a standalone Yes, you are correct. As a standalone proposition, would anybody on planet Earth, hey, we're giving away free root canals. Is there a long line, Aaron? No. 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 So are root canals in and of themselves pleasurable they suck yes are they preferable to an inoperable tumor yes yeah that's what's going on at the with the supreme court nomination right there okay 
So even when you get better judges, unquestionably than Hillary would have provided, or any other Democrat for that matter, these are they still went to almost all the same law schools the bad judges went to, took all the same classes from all the same professors, studied all the same scam, starry, decisis theories. Why does Antonin Scalia stand out so much, guys? Why does Clarence Thomas stand out so much, guys? Why? Because they're exceptions. Because they're exceptions to the rule. That's exactly right. Yeah. The long-term damage of what's happening here as we compromise everything we once claimed in the political arena we believed in order to, quote, own the libs or win the next election or stop an impeachment or whatever whatever today's rallying cry is. We are doing the political equivalent of tripping over dollars to pick up dimes. I said to a buddy of mine today who's a major fundraiser in our movement, I told him, we are doing the, imagine that you are $1,500 short this month of meeting your payroll at your foundation. And you've got a donor who will cut you a $1,500 check to cover your nut right now, provided you do something for him that you don't really feel morally comfortable about, but you have an immediate need right now to cover that nut to meet payroll on Friday, right? Meanwhile, there's a donor halfway across the country. He wants to give you a million dollar grant. And he says he will strongly consider it if you will take on a higher mission than the one you're currently focused on. But you have to, you've got to go and meet him. And he's got to be able, he's got to be willing to look you in the eye and decide that he thinks that you're a person worthy of such a mission to cut a check to. No guarantees, but the opportunity is certainly there. You never take that meeting because it's not guaranteed and you got to meet this payroll this Friday. So you just keep taking this $1,500 from this schmuck over here who's essentially buying your integrity because you got an immediate need and we need to let... See where I'm going with this now? Yeah. This is what we're doing politically right now. Whatever you think you're winning right now, I can promise you. And a lot of my peers are 60, 65, 70 years old. They'll be long gone and cash their last check while people 45 and younger, my age and younger, will be here in this industry picking up the pieces after they've all cashed out. Wondering where the hell's our audience at? Why are we completely eliminated from every social media platform? Why are we now in jail? So whatever you think you're winning right now by compromising everything you once used to claim you believed in order to, quote, own the libs and win the next election, enjoy it now. Get your jollies now. Because (laughs) when the bill comes due, it will be a motherless goat in the form of Aaron's generation. Steve, this doesn't sound like much of an apology. (laughs) (laughs) I can't change what's happening in the political arena. For a lot of time, in my time in this industry, I thought that I could. I believe my own press clippings, frankly. And that's not to say I don't have any influence. I've had... Frankly, a lot of influence. And in general, the rule of influence is you have more than you than your detractors prefer, not as much as you believe, is the general rule. But because of where I live and the opportunities and the doors that's opened and the people I know, I've had an inordinate amount of influence compared to my age and the size of my platform. And yet I really, in terms of the political world, I didn't really influence anything. I really didn't. I helped take a guy from Arkansas that nobody'd heard of 
and most people thought would be lucky to get 2%. And I was one of a small group of people that helped take him to superstardom and made him a millionaire because of the success he had in our state. And I'm at the point now, and I love him. I, I love Mike. I had to mute him on Twitter and stuff. I just, I couldn't handle following it. I just thought it was so ridiculous so sophomoric and I didn't want to and, and I knew I couldn't stop myself from responding negatively you know what I'm saying and making it worse and th so therefore the only way I could win the game was not to play so I just had to mute him so I don't know about it I don't look at it you guys don't ever hear me talk about it because I knew it was acknowledging it was going to make me say and do things I wasn't going to be proud of later and so I just had to I had to tap out and he's not alone I love Ted Cruz to death I just can't handle watching a guy of his superior intellect reduced to running on kneeling NFL players and flag burning. What a freaking waste of talent. But that's what that's what the system does to people like him. You get a limited window to raise the stakes and raise the standard. And when you're not successful, you're left with this. Those two guys, if we're being as brutally honest as we could be, would not have had the success in my state they had without my help by the platform God has provided for me. It would not have happened. Absolutely true. A lot of people would say that's an amount of that's a great amount of influence, Steve. And what did it accomplish? Really? In the end, really, what did it accomplish? Not much. Really. The only thing left is the jokes, really. Yeah. So I can't change. I tried. And for a while, I thought I could make a difference. I think the system is so far gone, there's no difference to be made. I think it's, I think it's what Nicolas Cage says in 8mm. It's really what Joaquin Phoenix says to Nicolas Cage in 8mm. If you've ever seen the movie where he investigates the snuff film industry. And Joaquin Phoenix, who's a peddler of snuff films, looks at him and says, sure you want to watch this? Because when you dance with the devil, the devil don't change. He changes you. That's what happens every day. And I think covering this, and we're, we're covering it less than we have ever covered it in our show, but we can't avoid it altogether either. Sometimes the way we cover it gives those of you, or some of you listening and watching, feeling coming away feeling hopeless. Some of that is not our fault. You know, I mean, for example, if, I, if I'm the weatherman and I'm telling you we're going to have the worst blizzards of all time, power lines will be down, you'll be without food, shelter, you know, protect yourself. And that's true. So if, if you come away from that weather report feeling hopeless and despair, I didn't call, I'm the meteorologist, I didn't cause the weather, Right. But can I embellish it on top of if can, can can I embellish it to make it even worse than it is? Well, you know, and those of you that were that thought you were gonna get out to your Christmas parties and see grandma sucks, you won't, probably no present. You know see what I'm saying? Yeah. Can I make it even worse? Can I pile on? If the weather's really gonna be bad, cause destruction, but you say hunker down in your home, you'll be fine. That's one thing. But if you say run for your lives, mm -hmm. you know, then you're causing more damage. Yeah, at, time, right. at times we have done that, and that is our fault. 
One of the ways we are trying to mitigate that is by doing more of what you're about to hear in a moment. If you come away from our political analysis, believing there's no hope in the political system, provided we're telling you the truth, that's not our problem. Because the reason we're doing things a little differently throughout the course of this year is we decided as a team that we don't think there's any hope there. However, if we don't do a more self-aware job of pointing you to where we do think there is hope, that's where we fall short. And I'm sorry that we aren't even more intentional than we already are in doing that. If I didn't think there was any hope, period, I wouldn't continue doing this. I'd do it a different way or I'd go do something else. I don't think there's any hope in the Republican Party. I may for the first time, I'm still mulling it over, I may for the first time in 15 years in November go in and vote straight ticket Republican. And my disdain with this political party has never even, it's, it's, it's never been higher. It's just my expectations have never been lower. I'm no longer a member of it. And to me, the root canal sucks, but the inoperable tumor. And when the other side is openly saying, we are going to end you. The root canal is tempting. But I don't have my hope in a root canal. That's a defensive gesture, posture. And, be, and because the inoperable tumor is terminal, it doesn't make the root canal, it doesn't elevate its worthiness. It doesn't mean that suddenly root canals are good. That's not what it means. The other day, a good friend of mine pulled me aside, one of his donors had sent him a note, some fantastical theory about with birth dates and numerologies and all kinds of other things about Trump is is the is the literal God reset Trump as the literal remanifestation of King Cyrus. And you know, it it it's like it's like a Gnostic wrote this, okay? And he asked me, You think this is true? I said, I don't care. Does he know you at all? <laughs> I said, you know why I don't? He goes, what do you mean you don't care? I said, why do I need King Cyrus? I have King Jesus. You know why God's people needed a hedonist like King Cyrus? Because who had yet to arrive? King Jesus. We have no king but Jesus. I don't need an earthly king. I don't need an earthly authority. I don't need an earthly government. My kingdom is not of this world. My citizenship is not here. I am in this world and not of it. I love this country because of what it stands for. And when it no longer stands for those things, I won't love it anymore. My love for my God is unconditional. My love for country is very conditional and transactional. It's not eternity. It's a footnote in a history book. And by the way, it was that way for the... Uh founders as well i'll give you a republic if you can, if you keep, can it. keep it yeah yeah come to my home with your jackbooted thugs and while we're homeschooling our kids 
and tell me that if I don't hand them over to the state to be taught the Rainbow Jihad and Planned Parenthood's mission, I go to jail, I'm going to kneel for the national anthem too, guys. Kneeling for the national anthem is not some unconditional sin. It's the purpose by which you, or the statement you think you're making by doing so, that's the problem. I'm not an idolater of state or political party. There's no hope in that system. If there was, I'd stay because, man, the amount of money to be made there, yo, a lot more than we're making right now. We make pretty good money now. But, dude, you know how much money is to be made in that partisan arena? buddy of mine raised a million dollars for a super PAC last month for like two calls. Throwing his like 20% commission on that. It's a great country, Don King. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Look at the amount of money, the out-of-state, the amount of out-of-state money the left's candidates make in places where they have no chance to win, like in Texas. And they raise huge dollars. And all those campaign operatives and all those media buyers and all those consultants are all taking their 10 to 30% commission off of that every time. Cha-ching. Carl Rove and, and, and oh, uh, Dick Morris, the sucker, toe sucker, okay. Both made clowns of themselves in the 2012 election on Fox every night, guaranteeing Romney was going to win. And when Romney lost, Dick Morris was kicked to the curb. Carl Rove is still there. Why is Carl Rove still there? Well, one of them owns a super PAC that spends $400 million a year in each election cycle on ads, many of which run on Fox that they buy the airtime for. And the other's named Dick Morris. That would be why. That would be why. The amount of money I'm not making by refusing to sign up for something I believe is hopeless is far more money than even the good living I'm making by doing what I'm doing right now. So there's your be willing to sacrifice for what you believe in, Mr. Phil Knight at Nike. But that doesn't mean things are colossally or existentially hopeless. If you're coming here because you want to put your trust in chariots and princes, you're going to learn real quick this is not the right show for you. I know as many of the people in the political arena as almost anybody in my industry does. Because of where I live and what I've and, and and the access I've had to national presidential politics, I'd put my Rolodex up against almost anybody's, even huge names far bigger than mine. I can pretty much place six degrees of separation with a, with just about anybody. That's why I can tell you, there's no hope there. That's a drain circling. On election day, go in there like a Navy SEAL, get as many out alive as you can, and then just get out. Don't stay. There's a difference between going into Afghanistan and killing as many terrorists as you can and thinking you're going to rebuild the country. No, you're not. That was an armpit of creation a thousand years before the Taliban showed up. And as long as they continue to adopt demonic and aberrant and ungodly worldviews and philosophies, it will remain so a thousand years after we're all gone. Not going to fix that by planting an American flag. 
Haven't we learned that lesson since 9-11? So I want to make sure if, 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 if you believe the message of our show is things are hopeless because you continue to put your hope in the current political paradigm, I'm totally okay with that. I'm, in fact, I would go so far as to say we are attempting to make you feel like that's helpless because we think that paradigm's a waste of your time. And every day you continue to play around in it, the, lo- the worse it is. I want to share with you a text I got from a good buddy of mine. Won't mention his name. Because I just watched yesterday's TV show and I thought of a baseball analogy to go with Daniel's point about how do we win. The team I'm playing has no sense of the strike zone. They swing wildly at anything my team throws. They, all, they always strike out and our fans and teammates howl with laughter and are giddy with excitement. There's only one problem. We suck at hitting. We never score a run and so the game goes on. We're in the 99th inning. But we're still pitching a perfect game, never having to field our opponents putting a ball in play. We don't have the common sense to leave this godforsaken game because we could score the winning run in the bottom of the 100th. I hate this game. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right on. So if you're still playing this game and you listen to our show and think it's hopeless, I'm trying to convince you of that fact. To point you where real hope is. Now, if you know where that real hope is and we still make you feel hopeless, that's, a, that's on us. That's bad on us. And we're going to be more intentional and self-aware about that. Okay? So, with that apology and disclaimer out of the way, we're going to continue our Bible study that we've been doing here on Theology Thursday through Colossians. And last week, we did an entire podcast, I think, on two verses in chapter 1 verses 24 and 25 when Paul says now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of the body that is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known and right there Paul gives you as we talked about last week Essentially, that is, the, that is the ministerial calling. That is the apostolic calling. That's the prophetic calling. What comes next, though, is, is one of the more difficult passages, I think, to explain simply. You know, when Peter later writes, some of the things Paul teaches is very hard. I'm wondering if this might be one of the verses he was talking about. Paul's now going to show us what he means by making the word of God fully known. Now, I'm not going to stop, guys. I'm just going to say these verses. And then when we get through the end of them, I want you guys to tell me what you think Paul is saying here. Okay? Paul writes, this is the word of God becoming fully known. This is what Paul says he means by that. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. And this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. What do you think that says, Aaron? 
a mystery hidden for ages and generations, um, but now revealed to his saints, um, to whom God has chose to make known how great amongst the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, it said, we get the answer, um, what this mystery is. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Um, the purpose for that being made known is so that the Gentiles will know God. I'm just going off of off of the top of my head here. The, the purpose is so that the Gentiles, unbelievers is what that means, um, will, will be able to see God through you when otherwise they might not. What do you think, Todd? Well, I'm struck by the alpha and the omega-ness of this because... What ultimately, uh, or, or what do many believe to be one of the oldest books in the Bible? Job. Job. And at the end of Job, and you've mentioned this on the show before, uh, when it comes to the crux of the matter and dealing with Job, what does God say to Job? Shut your hole, know where, your role. I'm God you? and you're not. Yeah. Where were you when I yeah. hung the stars, slayed Leviathan, et cetera? And yeah. so that's that's at the very beginning. So that, that right right then, it's like this is a this is this is this is faith. This is a trust fall. You know, I. Do I got this or not? That that's the relationship you need, you need to have. And here we go: the mystery hidden for all ages and generations, but now revealed to the saints. It is the fulfillment of that conversation that happened uh, then. This it, it it is it it is a mystery. It is beyond uh, reason. Uh, you did not know the plan uh, all along. You could not know the plan other than to know that I am. And you're not, and so that is why uh, Paul talks, and he, he's always when he talks about being a slave to Jesus Christ. I toil, uh, I toil relentlessly, uh, warning everyone and teaching with all wisdom. Uh, it that truth is worth it. It was always worth it. Now is the time uh, of fulfillment. Nothing has ever been more beautiful in the history of man, and suffering for that is a very good thing. That's what I see. I thought you guys both actually fleshed this out pretty well, so let me, let's take it a little bit deeper here. If I read the Old Testament without a knowledge or acceptance, one or the other, maybe both, of what is going to come in the New Testament. I think I'm left with some very troubling things. Things that, I think I would come away with the conclusion that either God is not real or he there's pieces of the puzzle that he's held out on me because it doesn't fit. Where's my Messiah? Where's, the, where's this Messiah we were promised? It is the obvious one, right? Where, where's this Messiah? How do you expect me to keep your law? I can't keep it. All these great heroes of the of 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 the old canon couldn't keep it. What hope is there? I can't make. I can't reach this standard. 
So you didn't keep your word. You didn't send me the Messiah you promised me. And now you're asking me to live up to a lofty moral standard I can't possibly keep. I don't know how you avoid not coming to those conclusions. If you read the, New, the Old Testament as a standalone proposition without understanding or accepting or acknowledging what's coming in the New Testament. Because the New Testament, this is, as, as Todd just articulated, the New Testament is where God says, God goes Paul Harvey. Now you know the rest of the story. Here's the mystery. The mystery is you can't keep my law. You're a sinner. You can't keep it. You can't pay for your own sins. The cost is too high. You're not capable of it. And you're all guilty, as, Paul, as it says in the Old Testament, and Paul quotes it in Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So then what is the remedy? The remedy is just as when Abraham took Isaac up to Mount Moriah for a sacrifice, and Isaac says, don't we need a animal and abraham says what's his answer the lord will provide through christ the lord did provide the sacrifice more was happening at the cross than we think this was a cosmic debt being paid and it had to be paid this way. And then what happens is, how will these Gentiles, as, 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 as Aaron says, really the Bible divides the world into Jews and Gentiles, believers and unbelievers, essentially. So how will these Gentiles who did not receive the law and the prophets, how will they then be welcome into the communion of God. How, how will these non-Israelite people, how will they do it? They won't do it. Because they can't do it either. They can't keep my commandments any more than Father Abraham could. When the religious leaders show up to John the Baptist, when he calls for their repentance, he, they say, we're sons of Abraham. And he looks at them and says, God could turn these stones and a son. That doesn't impress me much. You can't do it. Because of what happened at the cross, God will now come to live in you. You will be the temple of God's spirit. And I and every other believer. And the hope of glory, Paul, what are the words Paul writes before he says, the hope of glory, meaning the hope of, of fulfilling the calling God put on your life. The hope of measuring up to God's standard, to fulfilling the purpose God puts you on earth for. The hope of that glory. What are the words before that? Which is Christ in you. Christ is your hope. God is going 
to do, just as God used Christ to pay your debt to him through Christ, God will now use Christ to fulfill the calling he put on your life to glorify him. That's the mystery. Every other religious system will come to you and say, here's what you must do to please God. This one will come to you and say, here's what God has already done for you. And we'll just keep on doing. And so now rejoice and live accordingly. You're not checking the boxes to please him. You're checking, you're checking about living accordingly. Yes, because you are glorifying the one who did that for. Yes, you desire it. Yes, your desires change. There's a great line in a song we sing in our church. When the Holy Spirit comes in, changes what we see and what we seek. Maybe you guys are different, and Aaron, maybe it's different for you because you grew up in a Christian household. I don't know about you, Todd. Did you? I've never, I've never asked um, yeah, you. I'm a cradle Catholic. Okay. Yeah. All right. I did not. I grew up pure pagan. So maybe you guys can't identify with this. And if you grew up like me, where you got converted later in life and you were not in a religious or Christian home, what I find interesting is when I go and when when I find old old versions of tawdry entertainment, I used to love when I was a pagan. You know, that had all kinds of take, you know, Lord, take the Lord name in vain and all kinds of stuff. When I, the the old hard wiring from that time in my life suddenly, pardon the expression, resurrects and is like, ah, we've been dormant for a while. Thanks for feeding us. Appreciate this. We're enjoying it. When I try to introduce myself to new stuff, it's like anathema. Like I can't, I can't inhabit the same space with it. I, I. You know, when I hear someone take the Lord's name in vain, I have a visceral, physical reaction to it. I didn't when I was an unsaved pagan. I didn't care. Why do I care? It's not my Lord. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I take it personally. Now it's like you told me my wife's ugly and my kids are dumb. I'm kind of taking that personally. You know what I'm saying? Because I love my wife and kids. I don't mind you taking the Lord's name in vain when I don't love the Lord. Now that I do... I'm kind of like, that's a non-negotiable. Don't do that around me. That's a no. I'm different now. Now, I'm not totally changed overnight. Certain things about me went away almost overnight. Other things have gone away. I'm in the 15 years. It'll be on September 18th. It'll be 15 years of this for me. Some things went away overnight. Some things went away. Some things have recently gone away. Some things do not want to go away. And some things I don't want to go away. Because I like sin. Do you like sin? Too much. Yeah. Aaron? Way too much. Yeah. Me, Steve, in the flesh, loves it. Steve in the spirit cannot abide it. Can't handle it. That's why there's this tug of war. The spirit is always going to win out every time. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. So if the gates of hell is not going to prevail against the church, your self-will is not going to prevail against the church inside of you either. Okay? It's just a matter of how much suffering of consequences, pain, anguish, embarrassment are you willing to endure while losing this argument? (laughs) That's really what it amounts to. Because he's going to get his way. He's the only undefeated being in the history of 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 the universe, folks. He's going to get his way eventually. 
So like the sins you really didn't care about, you gave those away right away and you're like, why did I even like those? They're not even that fun. Then there were the sins you kind of thought were fun. After a while, you're like, you know, now that I'm not doing this as much as I used to, it's really not as fun as I thought. You know, you can't have that. Let that go. It's not really that big of a deal. Then the stuff you thought was really fun, after a while you get a little older and you start, oh, you know what though? It's really not, this is kind of stupid now that I think about it. You let that one go too. Let, let that idol go too. And there's the, but then we start getting closer to the ones you're like, this one is really fun, guys. I really like this one. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna golem this sucker. The better than Hillary sins. Yes, yes, yeah, those. As the writer of Hebrews says, the ones that so easily ensnare us. Why do they easily ensnare us? Because we like them. That's why. And those are the ones, man, God is gonna pull and pull and pull harder. And he will eventually pry them away. It's just a matter of how painful you want the process to be before you let go. Because he will get his way. He's God. As Todd just said, he's God. You're not. Big mystery. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I think this is, this is why unless you understand who Jesus is, notice I didn't say was, Unless you understand who Jesus Christ is and the less Jesus Christ is glorified, the harder it is to hold on to God's law and God's commandments. Because in the end, the striving will seem hopeless. The striving will be one of despair. I did all these right things and the world still didn't turn out good. I tithe on every ounce of dill coming in spice. I observed every Sabbath. I ate kosher. I did it all. I did everything you asked of me. Still no Messiah and look at the world. Anti-Semitism on the rise. It's the book of Lamentations. But if you... Go back and read the Old Testament through the lens of what you know happens in the New Testament now. It's a little bit like watching the movie The Sixth Sense after you've seen the end. And you go back and realize, oh, I missed that. Oh, oh, oh how, dude, that was so odd. Oh, look at the t-shirt he's wearing. How did I miss that? You know what I'm saying? You saw 75 Easter eggs. Now that you know what the end result of the movie is, you go back and watch it again. I just watched it again with my 12-year-old because she'd never seen it before. And I go back and she's like totally riveted by this. And I'm like, because I know how it ends, I'm like... Dude, I'm counting the, counting the Easter eggs in my, counting the hints. They just literally put it right in my face what was happening the whole time. How'd we miss it? That's what, that's what this, this is the missing piece. This is the mystery hidden. You won't understand why God gave us his law. Why you, why it's impossible to keep who you are. Why the world is the way it is and what can be done about it. You will not understand that. Unless you understand the person and lordship of Jesus Christ, you won't get it. And you will not be able to hold off the hopelessness and the despair because you will strive and strive and strive to make the world better, to make it make sense. And eventually you'll come to the conclusion that no matter how hard you strive, no matter how hard you work, dust in the wind, dude. Final thoughts, Todd and Aaron. Making known um, amongst the Gentiles, we are we are God's instruments for that. 
we are um, going back to the start of, of this podcast, looking for hope um, and where true hope is found. If you know the answer to that, then you are divine. And if, if, if Christ is in you, then you are God's divine intervention. You are God's divine intervention for the Gentiles, the unbelievers. Now, I'm, I feel convicted saying that because what have I done lately? <laughs> and I think everyone, I think everyone should feel convicted by that. But that's where the hope is. It is, um, it is uh, within us if indeed Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and we act like it. Um, I think that was a, a, the way the way the podcast was started off. Perfect timing for what it's almost like you planned that, Steve, for what we talked about today in Colossians. I didn't plan it, but thank you. I appreciate it. That was Providence, man. Go ahead. Well, uh, you you quite frequently point out um, how ultimately silly it is, all the people who wrap themselves around uh, the Jeremiah verse, I know the plans I have uh, for you, uh, without truly appreciating the context of what what comes both before and after for Mm -hmm. verses upon verses and chapter upon chapter. Uh, if you, if you want to wrap yourself around a verse, uh, if you want to get something tattooed uh, figuratively on your soul, literally r- right on uh, your chest, uh, try going with uh, Colossians one twenty nine. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. If you hold Jesus as your up as your Lord and Savior right now, and you look out at uh, the Christian universe within America, how many of those tattoos do you see on people's bodies or their souls? That's one they're throwing out pretty easily these days, and that's the one uh, that they need to clutch and never, ever let go. Well, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, and we will have some feedback Friday on the podcast tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Don't forget CRTV.com, promo code Dace. If you have time today, please click subscribe or leave us a comment there on iTunes and Stitcher. Those absolutely help us to grow this podcast. Thank you to all of you that have done those things already. Until tomorrow, John 317. is Steve Dace. I like you.